Welcome to the Author's Porch, where every good conversation starts. Sit back and listen as we talk to the authors who take you to different places every time you turn those pages. If you enjoy what you hear, give us a like, share with a friend, reach out. We want to hear from you. everybody to the author's porch where every good conversation starts. I am super excited like I am every single time we come here on the porch because we are providing a space for authors to come and speak their truth and have authentic conversations. Tonight we have the fantastic Mia Bolden here with us. How are you doing Mia? I am doing absolutely amazing CJ. Thank you so much for having me on your show tonight. Thanks for being here with us, guys. Let me tell you something. I have been doing the work. So let me let me ask you this question before. So I've been reading Mia's book and Mia's book is a self-help book and it is how to discover your life's passion after 30. Did I say that mm -hmm. right? Okay, I just want to your life's purpose. Well, your life's purpose after 30. What the okay. fudge am I here for? <laughs> okay, okay. So I, I get my words mixed up because everybody knows I'm goofy. So I wanted to make sure. No I got worries, it. girlfriend. <laughs> I got it right. So one of the things in the book that I read and I was like, oh, I love her already when it said, who the fudge is Mia Bolden? And you right. wrote that yourself. And I was like, oh, I love her because. <laughs> You know, and it was just so real. And I was like, oh, I'm definitely reading on. So Mia, when reading that book, the very first yes. chapter tells us about you. It tells us your entrepreneurial journey from your 20s, hustling, getting it done to changing your entire life. You went from street hustling to hustling in the gym Mm -hmm. and hustling to let everybody know, look, you can reinvent yourself. So absolutely. Tell us, tell us a little bit more before I go on and, and just talk the whole night about how excited I am about the journal entries that literally put some revelations on my life this week. Well, I really do. I, you're making me smile, girlfriend. I love the <laughs> fact that you are doing the work. So just like I tell people all the time, I'm like, pen, grab your pen and paper. Don't just watch me. Don't just read it. Actually do it. Put it in action. So you get an A++ from me, girlfriend. Hey. So I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I am happy that you're doing the work. Um, But yeah, so I really do appreciate you having me, like I said, again, here on the show. I don't know where you want me to start from because like I was telling you, I love to talk. So I am a talker. Um, But I can kind of tell you, do you want me to tell you a little bit about my life? Is that where you want me to kind of start at yeah because get I right think, into the nitty-gritty yeah I think people would love to hear how you started and how mm -hmm. you changed and and that epiphany because I loved that epiphany where you sat there and said this isn't where I want to be why am I doing this and what you were doing that made you change right right on okay so yeah so just a little bit about my background um I grew up in Pensacola, Florida. I was kind of um, 
I had a good middle class family. Um, I tell people I didn't graduate from high school because once I started hitting my teenage years, that's when I was trying to find my true identity. I come from a multiracial background. My mother's Hawaiian Chinese, my biological father's black. Um, my stepdad's Filipino. He's been my dad since I was six. So I grew up in a household, Hawaiian Chinese and Filipino household. So right around my teenage, preteen years, teenage years, I kind of started having old body image issues. Like I started comparing my body image to my sisters who did not look like me. Like I had the big puffy curly hair, you know, my skin was darker than them and they had the straight long Asian hair and they were this big and I was not. Like I was a girl that had some size on her. We, you know, I'm six foot tall, looked totally different. So I started having these body image issues mm -hmm. in my head. Um, and just trying to find my way in school. And really the thing was I started hanging out with the wrong crowd. So that's where I started just being like off the chain, uh, grades started slipping. And so I didn't graduate high school, um, but I did, I've always been a hustler. So I've always worked. So even though I wasn't in high school, I remember always trying to get a job and trying to, you know, hustle, make some money, do yeah. those things. Um, fast forward to in my twenties, um, I moved up to North Carolina and that is where my life really kind of shifted there. And that's when I really started hustling, if you will. So that's when I had my lifestyle, that fast lifestyle. I tell people at that time, I was always, I've always been a leader. I kind of learned that from my grandmother, but when I was in my twenties, I started leading things and people to do the wrong things instead of the mm -hmm. right things. Um, I was doing everything from selling drugs to partying all night to in and out of the clubs, but I was always still working. So even though um, I was out here hustling, I was selling drugs. And I do just want to clarify this, not saying that any drug is better than the other, but yeah. I've had people ask like, what drugs were you selling? <laughs> so I was selling, I know they're like, were you selling like the hard stuff or what were you selling? So I was selling weed because my cousin, let me back that up a little bit. So my cousin, he was a big wig drug dealer in North Carolina. I had moved there. I started bartending, waiting tables, and I was looking to make some more money. And so he just kind of came to me and presented the opportunity to me. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll do that. You know, I made, uh, and this not, don't do this at home kids, but I did, disclaimer. I did make really, I know, right. This is a disclaimer. Um, I did make really good money doing that. So that's what really addicted me to that fast life. So mm -hmm. I kind of didn't have to work if I didn't want to, I had the cars, I took care of my friends. I was living this lifestyle. Um, but I always, and I mentioned this in the book, I always had a pull, like there was something else that I needed to be doing. Like I, I couldn't even, it's not even words that could really describe. I just knew that I wasn't on the path of doing what I was supposed to be doing. Um, and I felt that, but just like many people, we kind of hush that and we worry about what's right in front of us, whether it's the bills, whether it's a fast life, whether it's the kids, whether it's work, we, we get away from that intuition, that pull that we naturally have. And so I kind of hushed that. And then I got into a relationship with a drug dealer, of course. <laughs> and so it was, it was a very toxic relationship, no physical abuse, but definitely mental abuse. Yeah. I'm cheating, things like that. Um, we had actually, we got engaged and he had cheated on me many times. And I literally hit a point to where right before our wedding, I caught him in the house with somebody else. And so good thing I didn't go to jail. I'm sure I said you didn't catch a case. 
There's no federal no, charges. <laughs> I know, girlfriend, it was close, but no, I didn't. You know? <laughs> Somebody was looking over me at that time. I tell you, you had a what, higher you purpose. Know? That's what that was. Ab- absolutely. So I, so that happened. And then th- I, I say this, and that's when um, stuff got real. My cousin went to jail. So all the drug money that went away because he was in prison. My fiance, me and him broke up. I hit a really bad rut in my life. So living this fast lifestyle, we don't think about savings. We don't think about putting money away. So all those cars, that house that I had, I still had to have the money for that, but I didn't have the income coming in. Um, So I hit a really bad rut in my life. And then at 30 years old, I had to make that lovely phone call that nobody likes to make and call my mama and say, mother, I need to come back home. Um, And of course she let me come back home. But when I got back home, that's when I really was like, life really hit me in my face. It was like, I'm not where I was supposed to be at 30. I'm the oldest sibling out of my, you know, brothers and sisters. They were graduating college, having good jobs. And I really felt like a failure. So yeah, I did get my GED, but I didn't graduate college. I didn't have, you know, I wasn't having a successful career. I wasn't, you know, leading by example. And so my self-esteem got low, self-confidence got low. And long story short, that's when I started opening my fitness studio because I didn't want to go to the gym because I was like, this isn't fun, but I knew I needed to work on myself. So I wanted to have fun and started opening up my studio from my studio. I started coaching other ladies without even knowing it because they needed help with that. And then I got, I was like, oh, I wish I could do more of this. Like I really enjoyed helping people. So that pool started coming up again. Like I was like, okay, I love the fact that I'm helping these people and they're telling me I'm started leading again. Like I said, I've always been a leader. So now I was leading them on the right things instead of talking to people and leading them down the wrong path. I was teaching them how to get over toxic relationships, how to love their body, no matter what size it is, how to build up their self-confidence and their self-esteem, how to hold their chin up high, no matter how old they were, you know, feeling like a failure and they weren't where they supposed to be. I learned, I taught them because this is what I learned is you're right where you're supposed to be. No matter what your, you know, your story is, it's just, what do you do from the present? So I started coaching on that, got certified through ICF, through the International Coaching Federation. And I just kind of blew up kind of doing other things. So long story short, that's. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you had all these life experiences that Mm -hmm. you had went through you know, and I always like to test it to God, but I know everybody has their own faith, but mm-hmm. you, were, you were put in that place so that you could gain all these life experiences. And then it was, okay, well, now it's time to leave that place. So all these people were being taken out of your life so that you could move on and move back with your mom and, and made to go, okay, well, what am I supposed to do now? Everything I know is taken away. Um, mm-hmm. and that's where you were able to find, like you say in the book, you're this. Yeah. You know? And, and I love that because a lot of people don't see it that way. They see it as their life is falling apart. Everything they know is crumbling down around them. They don't know how to pick themselves back up. And, right. and in your book, you're, you're actually breaking down very specific things about them to help them find their this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, go ahead. No, because I was going to say, yeah, that's what I, I like to call it because I tell people they're like, 
what do you mean by you're this? And because I, and I said this in the book, because some people we're not taught in school, like your passion and purpose. Like, I mean, now they might talk about it now in school, but I know when I was growing up, I'm 40 now, I'll be 41 this year. When I was growing up, I never remember them talking about your passion and purpose. I remember them talking about you make good grades, you go to college, you get a good job, you start a family. And like, that was life. But it's like, but, you know, they never talked about what it is that you particularly like to do, what it is that is drawn to you, what is calling you. Um, because one thing that I've learned just over my whole development of working on myself and speaking and doing what I do now is I'm a firm believer. I talk about my man upstairs. That's who I pray to. But just like you always say, I'm not here to preach to you, whomever your higher universe is. Um, but I, I'm a firm believer that we are all truly here put on this earth for a reason. Mm -hmm. It is not just to go to school and to get a job and to pay some bills and to go on vacation once a year. And then that is just the end of it. But I feel like somewhere it's lost, whether it's through school, whether it's through family, whether it's through your environment, that we lose what our true passion and purpose is. But we have this pulling. There's a calling inside of us, that intuition that we were, we were blessed with. But we are the species that we have this pull telling us go this way. But we're the species that's like, no, I need to go over this way and do it. What my family's doing or what I should, you know, my friends are doing or whatever the case may be. Um, so yeah, so sometimes you got to take that step back, sit down somewhere, and I had to remove myself from that environment to kind of restart and really listen to my man upstairs and say, okay, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing right now? Um, the more that you listen to that calling, you will discover what it is that you're supposed to be doing here on the earth. Absolutely. Yeah, and we, we are the only species that actually does not follow our intuition to lead us. Mm -hmm through our daily routine we use our yes. brains instead of mm -hmm. our feelings which mind blown why i don't know uh <laughs> absolutely absolutely i tell people all the time like when a tiger when they have that intuition that the prey is over here and i need to go this way or whatever or don't go this way like that's what they follow you know but us i don't know if it's kind of like blessing slash curse we have this lovely conscious brain that we come from and we're like oh no i don't think i should do this because let me tell you a thousand reasons why it's going to go wrong but let me tell you, you know why i shouldn't do that you know instead of listening to that subconscious and that intuition, but absolutely girlfriend. So you have a fitness studio and mm -hmm. you're a life coach, empowerment coach, correct? Yeah, I'm an empowerment business coach. Uh-huh. And okay. go ahead. No, I was going to say, and that kind of shifted. Of course, like I said, when I started, I started off as a body image and confidence coach um, because at my studio, I do own a fitness studio, but let me throw this out there. I also, it's a women's vertical pole fitness studio. Um, so, and that's a whole nother story on how we started this. Cause a lot of people <laughs> are like, so did you used to be a, not judging girls that dance, but people are like, did you used to be a stripper? Did you ever used to dance? And that is not how I started this studio. Um, and if you don't mind, I do just want to say how I started it really yeah, quick. Please do. Um, but I did it because like I said, I moved back when I was 30, self-esteem was low, self-confidence was low. I had hit my heaviest weight of 300 pounds. I had never been 300 pounds in my life and I really wasn't feeling good about myself. So I do what most people do and that's to go to the gym, you know, and work out. That's what they, you know. 
And I go to the gym and just like 85% of women, I'm like, everybody's looking at me. I don't like the way I look in here and da, 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 da. And so I stopped doing that. And I was like, I wonder if they have like a fun studio somewhere where I could feel good about myself, you know, build my confidence up, things like that. And I've heard of vertical pole studios, burlesque studios, hip hop studios when I stayed in other states and they didn't have one here. And did I ever tell you I'm a hustler? <laughs> so I, I, I saw that that was an opportunity there. I was like, I know I can't be the only person that wants to build up their self-confidence, feel good about themselves, have fun, get some movement in their body. And so I had a friend, long story short, we started the studio. But the reason that I say that is just because a lot of people sometimes ask why, how we started it. But the reason I want to talk about the studio is because I found out over the years of owning my studio is that ladies, and we have small class sizes, ladies didn't only come in here just to work out. Yes, every now and again, we did have those that wanted to switch up their workout, challenge themselves, things like that. But because of the type of studio that I have, I had so many ladies coming up to me telling me I took the class to build up my confidence. I took the class because I've been married for 20 years and I forgot who I was. I took the class because I was sexually abused as a child and I wasn't able to feel, you know, secure in my body and feel good. And like all these stories would come up. And I've always just been that person. I've just had that energy where people would come and talk to me. So they started telling me about that. And because I had overcome a lot of those things, I started telling them how I overcame a lot of the stuff in my life. Um, and then with that, that's when I, that pull, I was like, oh man, I love this. I love what it is that I'm doing. Told a friend about it. And she was like, well, you should get into coaching. And so when I started, I started off as a body image and confidence coach um, because that's what I had just overcome. And then I kind of worked my way into empowerment business coaching because so many ladies were asking me, well, how did you start your coaching business, your retreat business, da, da, da. And so that's what I help them out with now. Um, but yeah, I've kind of transitioned over. But when I did start off, it was a body image and confidence coach. And, you know, I think what a lot of people don't understand is if fitness isn't your business, right? If you're like mm -hmm. me, where my business is sitting in front of a computer, to get me out of my computer, you got to do something fun. And you got to right. do something different. <laughs> You know, and I actually know a few ladies that do the the vertical. What did you call? I'm sorry. I I would say the, pole dancing. I'm sorry. I don't I don't know mm -hmm. the right words. What's no, 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 no worries. It's vertical pole fitness. Vertical pole fitness. So I know there a few go, ladies this, yeah. that do vertical pole fitness, and uh -huh. and that you would never guess that they did that because that's yeah. their lifestyle. But the core strength that you have to do. Like I couldn't even stand up straight on one of those things to hold myself <laughs> up without falling down, let alone be able to do some of that stuff. So for me, like I'm one of the mm -hmm. people that I am just a goofy person. Like I laugh right. at everything because right. I just love life and everything. So I would get in there and I would like put my leg around it to be silly and I would have so much fun and then mm -hmm. come six months to a year later I would be hot to try like I would be in the yes. best shape of my life so what people don't understand is what what the 1920s told us was right, right. And wrong is not what 2021 is telling us is Ab right and wrong so absolutely so girlfriend 
So I love absolutely. The- yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say that. And that's like the mindset that a lot of people have is they're like, if you want me to work out, if you want me to do something, because it better be fun. I better have a good time doing it. Yes. And that's what I love about these classes is because I have ladies and I do have another book. It's um, No, I'm Not a Stripper, Vertical Pole Fitness. <laughs> oh, hey, so in- I need to check that one out. <laughs> We had a kickback so over. I got so excited. Right. <laughs> I know, that's right. You're like, ooh, I got to get that book. I'm like, ooh, I'm about to stole one in the house. <laughs> I know, that's right. <laughs> so and what that book does is it really highlights my students. We talk about, and you know, I interviewed a lot of my students, and you'll see ladies in there um, that are literally, and I tell people, yes, I have 18 year olds in here, but not a lot. Like literally most of my students are ages between 30 and 55. My oldest student is 74 years old, two-time breast cancer survivor and does it because she said she wants to feel good about herself, you know? And she wanted to get her strength back. And I'm like, hey, I mean, she's like my, and I tell people sometimes my students inspire me more than they even know, even though I tell them. Um, I have another student who takes my class. She's a one-leg vet amputee. Um, I have, you know, I have ladies of all different ages, shapes, sizes. And that's what I love about it is because they do, they look back and they're like, Mia, you remember when I couldn't do whatever, whatever. And then they do it and this smile comes on their face. And in my studio, it's a little bit different than other vertical pole studios, not hating on anybody, but just how you said the type of student you are, that's the type of instructor I am. I tell everybody, I'm like, I'm the big kid out of all of my instructors. I see this when I go in the pole studio, some people think sexy and I think playground, you know, like I, I tell my students when you go around, say we, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and, and I love that. So you take your fitness into your coaching as well. Mm-hmm. And then you take your coaching and your fitness into your books. So mm-hmm. it's this holistic approach that you have for your, your, your complete journey and you're helping yeah. women redefine their lives. Now, I want to go back to one part of your book because it mm-hmm. really had a revelational moment for me. Um, you had us write down when I was reading your, your book, it said, mm-hmm. what comes to you in the quiet moments? And I, right. remember, and I read it on one of my blog, um, one of my morning show um, this past week, I, I read my journal entry and I said, what comes to me in my quiet moments and my quiet mm-hmm. moments, the things that come to me are my greatest ideas, my story ideas, because I love to write. I've been writing stories my whole entire life. I just started publishing three years ago, but my mm-hmm. sad moments come in my quiet time. The moments that my depression, and my anxiety start to creep in during my quiet time. But in my, but during those moments, that that voice that of self doubt comes mm-hmm. to me in my quiet time. But I listen to it and I tell myself that it's okay. I allow myself to feel all of that in my quiet moment. And I went on to basically, I started writing down to myself. It was like I was talking to myself. It's okay to have self doubt. It's okay to have a moment where, where you're not feeling like yourself or you're feeling a little sad because Mm -hmm. you're here for you. And I was writing myself. I said, 
you're not going to let yourself fall, but you are going to allow yourself to take a break and to be quiet for a little bit and to maybe not be on your 100% game today because you'll come back tomorrow. And I didn't realize it to the end that I was writing to myself. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I see what she did there. She's a little Uh true. I was like, look at me go. <laughs> You're making me one proud coach right now. I, tell yeah, you. <laughs> I, I loved it. And, and I haven't finished the whole book, but I got through, mm-hmm. I got through, I was at my Kindle said 55% and I was at 19% mm-hmm. battery. So I have to charge my Kindle. Right. <laughs> but I did. And, um, it reminded me that I hadn't been journaling for a while and I had gotten into mm-hmm. some uh, headspace that I didn't want to be in anymore. So I'm going to get back to journaling. So I wanted to say thank you. So I've been excited about tonight's show. So I could personally say thank you. Um, because I love reading the book of my guests before they come on the show. And uh-huh. this one really, really stopped me in my tracks and made me start thinking about where my, my, this is supposed mm-hmm. to be instead of chasing things that I really didn't care that much about but I was doing it because I thought I should or I had to Mm -hmm. so yeah it was it's great so on top of you said you have this book and then you have the um the fitness book which talks about Uh the vertical um and that one's already released yes that one was actually my first book that I put out that one I put out maybe about three years ago maybe four years ago Um, That one's available on Amazon. And just like I said, that one is more so how I kind of started my journey with uh, Vertical Pole Fitness. And then it talks about um, the students. I basically interview the students. I show pictures of them, like what are their occupations? And then like, what did they like? What didn't they like? What did their family and friends think? Because one of my biggest things with this part of my life is with the studio is I really want to... um, to get away from that stigma that vertical pole fitness has, that you either have to be a stripper or you want to be a stripper, or you have to be a certain age or shape or size to be able to do this Um, all the way around. And I, I think this stems back from me having those body image issues is I want women to hands down, whether it's with coaching or the fitness studio is to believe in themselves and believe that they can do way more than they ever thought that they could, like period. You know, whether you think that you're not, you know, I'm too big, I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm not smart enough, you can let that go because working with me, my thing is that power of belief is so strong. So I definitely, that was why I put that book out. So people can see like, oh, if she can do it and she's a teacher and she's, you know, that age or whatever, then I know I can do it. So I want them to believe in themselves. And that's one of, I tell people all the time, like that is my purpose, hands down, um, I believe is to help women to do that. So yeah, and you talk about your grandmother in the book, and it was funny, in the beginning of this interview, you said you're six foot tall, and then I'm yeah. you said your grandmother was a short little woman, but yes. she the stage, and I was like, oh, that, 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 like, hit my heart, because my grandmother raised me, and uh, she passed away Aww. in 2010, but she was my everything, and she raised me, so when you were talking about her, and how she commanded the stage, my grandmother um, she didn't, she wasn't in a leadership role or didn't go on stage mm-hmm. or anything like that. But when she walked in a room, everyone knew Marge was there. So I was like, 
Oh, I love Leah that. Are, are one we're alike. Here. Yeah, yeah. I know, I was we're like, here. Oh. <laughs> so Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, and, I remember, you know, I always talk about my grand. She was a little five foot Hawaiian Chinese lady. You know, my aunt says she's 4'11". I'll give her five foot, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, so little Hawaiian Chinese lady. She came over to North Carolina with my grandfather, grandfather way back in the day very rural community um and i remember like as far as like everybody my mother my grandmother's hawaiian chinese my grandfather he was she married a black man and so in this rural community in north carolina predominantly no really almost everybody there was um white and my grandmother that we were the only like minority family that was in this very just like i said when i say rural like one stoplight yeah. Well, I don't even think they had a stoplight. I think it was just the stop sign. So, <laughs> but uh, my grandmother was big on in politics. And when I would remember just going into a room and that would just intimidate me sometimes because of the community we were in, yeah. but not her. She went in there and we would, I remember her going into these political meetings and she would get in front of the, you know, get up there to the podium and she would speak and the room would like go silent. And I'm just Looking at her, like, I just admire that about her from a young age, just seeing the respect she could get just by the words that she put out of her mouth. And just, I was like, I want to be like that one day, you know? <laughs> I have no doubt that you will be just like her. I know that you've already got it in you too. I could tell. So let me ask Ryan, you. I appreciate that. What's next for Mia Bolden? Where, where, yeah. what's, what, what are you working on? And what are your, what's your future state look like? Right. Well, um, let's see. What am I working on? I'm definitely working on, I'm hosting international women's retreats right now. Um, I literally just got back from Egypt last week. I had a sold out retreat in Egypt. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Yes, yes, yes. And we're going to Mexico next month. So in the Bali in October. We're at Mexico. Are you? We're going to Tulum. Oh, I'm on the border um, oh. in Morris. so where I'm not, I'm not back. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to have to send you the invite. Maybe you can join me in Mexico next month. You never know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so just doing, hosting these women empowerment retreats, um, doing those, and then I am so ready for us to get to some type of norm because one thing I do miss is getting on stage. That's one of my passions is definitely speaking at different conferences and different events and things like that. And of course, since last year um, that has been put to kind of like a halt. Um, so I do have a couple of speaking engagements coming up, but I'm really ready for that and just growing my coaching business and just reaching as many women as I can so they can believe in themselves and telling them that they got this, you know. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Well, I, you know, mm -hmm. I hope to see you on a stage somewhere in Texas because I will drive to see that. I would love to see you on a stage because I think that you have a very commanding presence. Um, just reading your book, you've already started doing some work for me and I love it. And, you know, I'm right. not going to say it if I don't mean it. I'm just going to be honest. I, you know, if I didn't mean it, I wouldn't say it, but I, I love what you did in the book because just in, for someone to read a book and be able to write some things down and be able to feel it, you know, mm -hmm. that's not, that's not very easy. You know, usually they have to have, right. for lack of better words, because I don't have a lot of, a lot of the right words to say sometimes, but sometimes <laughs> they have to have that handheld, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's a, it's a powerful book. So people need to go and, and check that book out. And is there a way through those links that you have on the show notes, they're able to go and uh, sign up for like newsletters to find out where you're speaking at and sign up to find out when new book releases and stuff come out, right? Yes. Uh-huh. And then um, also on the link that I sent you as well, they are available to get that book on Amazon and it'll show um, how they can get the book. But I do appreciate so much how you, you know, that you did say um, one thing that I do appreciate that I want to let you know that you said about the book was how you said that it sounded like you were talking to a friend or like I was talking with you because that's what I really wanted my book to be is I wanted it to almost be like you were just having a conversation with who Fudge Mia is, you know, now you know who she is, <laughs> but you're just, you're just having a conversation with her. And then that's why I did the prompts at the end of the books, because sometimes if anybody's like me and I always say your vibe attracts your tribe. So I think the people that would pick up my book could kind of be like me and got so much going on that that's why I put the exercises at the end of the chapter to where you don't even have to grab pen and pay. All you need is pen and just, you can write in the book. I left spaces at the end of the book so you can go through those steps Um, and I've had people say how did you find those steps and those were steps that a mentor um, told me some of those steps but it was also just researching other successful people and people that I looked up to and it's such a true saying where they say success leaves clues because I would see a lot of these people saying the same thing. Like um, they would talk about journaling, your morning routine, you know, they would talk about meditation. Um, I don't know if you got to that chapter yet in my book. Did you get to the chapter black people don't meditate? No, I haven't. No. So yeah, so that is a chat. I had a lady, she actually was like, I'm going to title this. I'm going to title this interview, Black People Don't Meditate. (laughs) But um, not to give it all away, but that was one of the hugest things I think changed my life was meditation, Um, is having that time to really sit down, like you said, and really think about it because we're so on the go, go, go that we don't have a chance to really sit down with our thoughts or to sit down and hear what our higher power is trying to tell us. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll let your audience read the, the the chapter, but it's definitely, I do believe in meditation. But when I first heard about it, I was like, yeah, meditate. I was like, black people don't meditate. You know, yeah, it's <laughs> like, no, we go to church, we pray <laughs> about it and then we just keep it moving. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna have to read that chapter to my son. My son is mixed and he, and I give him a lot of, a lot of little things he's like mom no yeah no. That, he goes that's good for you but not me right. and i'm like boy you better stop right you better get it together right no yeah you tell him to read that chapter you better meditate and so let me ask you this if you could give one piece of advice now let me tell everybody go read the book because there's more than one piece of advice in there but if there was one in right. if there was just one that was probably your number one piece of advice that you could part on somebody what would that be oh that's a hard one it's hard because there's a lot of nuggets in that book that's why i told but one that right somebody parted on you that literally turned a light on and made you go you know this is gonna make me follow more steps right um i would say hands down it would be to listen to your instinct like listen to yourself, you know, and that goes to taking some time to sit down and even think about it, but to really truly just listen to your instinct. And I, just like I mentioned earlier, 
is I am a firm believer that my man upstairs, higher universe, whomever, you know, your higher power is, put that gift inside of us. And we just ignore that. Like there's something, if you, if you feel like every morning when you get up that you are miserable and you do not like that job, it is not bringing you joy. And there is something telling you that you should be doing something else. You need to be doing something else. Listen to that. And that's what a lot of people do. We just go on what's in front of us instead of really listening to our heart, to what's in here. Because there, if we truly listen, we're, the lesson's already there. The path is already made for us. When we were born, the path is there. We just fight the path so much. So that would be my first thing. I mean, that would be hands down. I have a lot, but that would be the one is to truly trust yourself, believe in yourself and listen to your instinct. Awesome. And then mm -hmm. you have, um, you have any shout outs you want to give to anybody? Any, any special words for anyone out there that um, has helped you along your journey that you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them? Mm, hands down. Uh, I always say my grandma, because I tell you what, she was a tough cookie, but that was one lady who I always say I wouldn't, I know I wouldn't be doing or be the person who I am without her because she instilled so many skills in, in me, my leadership skills, my speaking skills, standing up for myself, things like that. She really did how to speak up, you know, just things like that. She really taught me that. Um, but I always say this, and I believe that that was a quote. This is a shame I don't know it, but I think this was the quote that I put in my book. I always say that I, I am very grateful for those who believed in me when I didn't believe in myself, because that's why I do what I do is because that power of belief is so strong. You need somebody in your corner, wherever you get that somebody from that believes in you if you do not believe in yourself. And then I always say, eventually your belief will kick in. Um, I leave all of my, whenever I speak, do things like that. That's what I usually end it is I say that I believe in you because um, sometimes you have to believe in the belief that others, others have in you before your own belief kicks in. So I just am very grateful for all those who believed in me when I didn't, so. That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it has been an honor and a pleasure talking with you tonight, Mia, and you, you're going to change a lot of people's lives. I have no doubt about that. You're already changing one right here. And this is, well, I appreciate that. This has been a great week because over the past couple of weeks, I've, I've had some, you know, thoughts in my head, disbeliefs and self-doubt and stuff. And then I picked up your book and at first I was just reading it and I was like, no, I'm not going to do the journal. I'm busy. I'm mm -hmm. busy. And then I went back, I was like, you know what, let's do this. Let me, maybe this, will right. help. and then I started writing and it did help. So thank you for that. Um, but I want to, I want to leave the floor to you. If there's anything that we didn't touch on that you want to make sure that we touch on before we end the, the, the night out tonight. And I go have my glass of wine that I talked about. Cause I think it's time. I know. <laughs> there you go, girlfriend. <laughs> No, the, um, the only thing that I just want to leave everybody with is once again, listening to that intuition. And really, we only got one shot at this beautiful thing we call life. Only one, you know, and if you are not, I mean, if you are truly not loving where it is that you're going right now, or even liking the direction that you're going right now, 
One good thing about it is that if you woke up, you do have the opportunity to change it. So listen to that instinct, listen to your intuition, follow your heart. I know that we've heard this, but there is way more out here than just material things. There is way more out here than just paying the bills. There is way more out here than trying to keep up with the Joneses, you know, and find why you're here. I feel like that is our job is to really find out what is our true passion and purpose? And I tell people this all the time. If you're worried about the money, the money will follow. Once you get into that passion and purpose, the money is going to follow. And my, I tell people my definition of success is doing what you love and getting paid for it. So it's up to you to go ahead and find it. So go ahead and get out here and do it. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much again for taking the time out to come on the author's porch. We have some amazing conversations and tonight was one of them. Um, I can't wait to go and read the, your first book, uh, finish this book first, and then go read your first <laughs> book. I appreciate everyone that came and joined us tonight, and I want to say farewell to everybody from the author's porch. Mia, I know that our paths are forever intertwined, and I appreciate you, and I wish you all the success. I hope to see you on a stage somewhere in Texas. Keep us informed. Uh, make sure that you send us information and we'll make sure that we get it out to the masses. Absolutely, CJ. And again, I do appreciate appreciate you as well for inviting me on your show and to be in front of your audience. I am grateful for that too. So thank you again. Awesome. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you next week on the Author's Porch. Bye-bye. Bye, Mia. Bye.